Welcome to Conscious Conversations, where we aim to inspire deep and meaningful interactions that grow into a community of practice that is committed to healing, resilience, and expansion. We'll be having conversations with spiritual teachers, impact leaders, plant medicine, and holistic health practitioners about spirituality and personal leadership tools and resources and how these can help communities cultivate more harmonious and purposeful lives. I am Mabato Munzi. Join me as we laugh, cry and ponder the meaning of life, the universe and your role in it. In today's conversation, we are speaking to King Ra. King Ra is a spiritual teacher and healer sent by the cosmos to help bring humanity back to one with God by healing ancestors and rectifying the soul's mistakes. Good morning, Gogo. How are you today? Good morning, Makosi Togoza. I am good today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'd like to start our conversation by just asking you to share a bit about yourself, so who you are, where your journey started, and where you are at right now in your journey. Oh, when I was born, my name was Ntombi Mwanatemane IV, daughter of Sarani. Then I grew up in a village and then when I was growing up in the village, I used to look up in the sky and I was just fascinated by the sky and the clouds and I used to see these clouds taking forms, different forms. Sometimes I would be very scared and then I would run back into the house. When I was growing up, I was very quiet and shy and I thought that everybody had presence of beings around them. That's what I thought. I thought it was normal until I lost my virginity. That's when I, there was no beings around me anymore. Yeah. So then I came to Johannesburg and then to cut a long story short. Um, yeah. That's who I am when I was one of the man. And um, you were initiated as a Sangoma? Yes. In 2005, I decided to answer my calling after a long battle with uh, spiritual attacks and anxiety. Then uh, I answered my calling as a Musoto Ngaka. And then uh, I worked as a Musoto Ngaka until in 2008 when I answered my calling as a Sangoma, initiating into Nguni and Dao spirits. Then uh, that time I became Gogos Tlatla. And then uh, I, in 2012, I just had an awareness. And those beings which were with me when I was young, they came back, you know, gradually one after another. I, I, could, I could hear different voices. Sometimes it's many voices, but it's like one, many people, one voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many people, but one voice. Then... Sometimes it's one voice, one entity. So, yeah, with different messages and guidances and intense dreams. So my initiation from 2012 until now is through dreams. 
What does that look like in your normal life and how is it different from Ubungoma? It's like moving from one level to another through these dreams. Um, they started as Ubungoma and um, they come from the dark side of life going into the light gradually because they were scary dreams. It was like I've never been initiated as a Sangoma because the reason why I went to initiation in the first place, it was because of these dreams. So when I came back, they became intense. So gradually that's when I realized that, okay, actually I was in initiation ever since. Life is initiation and it happens through dreams for everybody, not for a certain type of people, which we might classify as sangomas or prophets or people with spiritual gifts. No, I believe that everybody is a spirit. Mm. Mm. So um, in your practice as a sangoma, I know you, so I know that in as much as you have been, but you have moved on, how would you explain it? What is the difference? How would you relate or communicate what it is that you do to a person who might not know you? In short, a way I can say I am a psychologist, spiritual psychologist now. Yeah, because um, my medicine is through your dreams. There is nothing that I can give you. You have to tell me. What do you see? What do you experience? You have to talk to me. I just listen. And through the conversation, I understand where the problem is based on what you experience in life and what you dream in the spirit world. Transitioning between your life as a Sangoma into an elevated self may have not been an easy thing. So how was that like for you? And what are some of the practices that you had to unlearn or let go of that perhaps you may have been taught or understood as a Sangoma? The rituals of appeasing ancestors, they they have an expiry date. One arrived to the level whereby they are not needed. If you, you take out snuff and um, put it on the ground, it's just you are, you know, like out of boredom or what. I don't know. You know very well that it does not work because there is no one to give that snuff to. Mm. Everybody is gone. But when I was doing the work, I, I was not aware that what I'm doing is going to result in their ancestors ascending. It was not in the scope. There was no scope. It was just living life, understanding the dreams, how to integrate and interpret them, and also to how to, what to do after dreaming. Because we don't just dream and say, oh, I had a dream, and then it ends there. We, you have to integrate and do. Mm. So... What is coming up for me is the fact that perhaps through your initiation as a Sangoma, as Ngakam, you were doing the groundwork of healing your ancestors. Yes. And therefore, being led 
to take them to the light because the healing work has been done mm. and 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 you know they have then moved on mm-hmm. to a better place from a spiritual perspective yes and now you have your life and your and your gifts to focus on yes could that be the process yes that's the process it starts with church you have to have a foundation of god you know in in the early stage of life at school also they teach us religious education then it's religion all the way you know knowing god um, no i was the type of a child who was so sure i don't know maybe everybody's like that but sometimes i feel like people don't really really understand god but i did understand god ever since i was young you know i trusted in him i had so much faith you know so that foundation it helped me in the adult adult life whereby we drink we we know nice time and all that i still knew that god is there and is watching me you know i had a faith of a child it never really uh, left me so that was the nice foundation because now where i am like it's, that's where god is Tell us about that. Uh, it's what we call oneness. Oneness um, is when I realize that I am in the center of my own existence. That's when I named it oneness. I never thought it existed somewhere on the internet or in the books or where. Only after a I experienced it and I named it oneness. That's when when I started typing oneness on Google, I saw books and I saw people talking about it. I was like, this is what everybody is teaching. This is what the Bible is teaching. But then we misinterpret it. Preachers, by the way, I'm a preacher. I'm, I am the minister. I studied <laughs> ministry. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now, when I was studying ministry, that's when I started understanding the Bible. The same book that I wanted to ban, like when I was doing shamanism, I told my shaman teacher that the first day at school, I said, I want to ban the Bible. Mm. He said, don't, don't ban it. Just put it away. Why do you want to ban a Bible? I said, because it's a lie. Mm. But then... Through my initiations, I understood that it is not a lie. It's just that it was manipulated. It was changed somewhere. But, and then it's full of riddles. You know, what is written is not what it says. You see, mm. just like Ubungoma, just like life, what you see is not exactly the way you see it. It's so, so different. Mm. What someone say is not exactly what they say. It depends on your interpretation of it. It depends on your interpretation of it. You see? So that is the life of spirituality. We are uh, two beings. We are being of um, flesh and we are a being of spirit. Mm. Mm. So what does oneness look like? What is oneness? Mm. Besides what I've explained to you, that you come to the center of your own existence, which is um, there is no nothing outside of me. 
when I close my eyes, I see the sky, I see my star, I see God. Why do I see him when I close my eyes? Because he's inside of me. I see the stars, the galaxies inside of me. I see people, life, the whole world, my village, everything, the whole country, the whole world inside. Just when I close my eyes, I see everything, I hear everything. That is oneness. I'm in the center. I see my glory only when I close my eyes. When when my eyes are opened, I don't see. I just see externally. But all these external things, I see them when I close my eyes, trying to fall asleep, not even intending to see them, but I see them. So all within. All within me. You see? So that is oneness. And when I'm off balance, no longer with myself, I don't see my glory. I don't hear these people talking. I don't see these people busy with their own life and all these things, life, nature, beds. I don't see all those things. Then I know that I ate sugar. I ate red meat. I ate before six. I ate, because my oneness have got my own rules in order for me to maintain it i have uh, my diet i have the way of uh, living you know my lifestyle everything your your lifestyle uh-huh. what does that look like what does it involve i listen to my body when i eat something and i start stretching myself or having spider webs, then I, I'm not supposed to eat it. No one tell me what to eat, what not to eat. My diet is not vegan, it's not vegetarian. It's something, I don't know what to call it. Because I eat fish, but not all types of fish. I don't eat meat at all. I don't eat legumes. I don't eat tint fish, uh, tint things. Food. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff I don't eat I don't eat white pap I eat only brown and um, there's so many things that I don't eat not because somebody told me not to because when I eat them I suffer you know allergies sometimes I don't sleep I, I sneeze yeah so when you eat these foods mm. that ordinarily you would not eat that you're not supposed to eat, that mm-hmm. you have learned, that your body rejects in, in different ways. Mm. You say it causes an imbalance. Yes. This imbalance, is it at a physical level? Is it at a spiritual level? How would you describe it? And why is it important to maintain that balance? It's on the physical level. And then it, affa- it affects spiritual level. Because then I won't see visions, I won't see dreams, I won't see my glory, I won't be on track with my life, in tune with my life. In alignment. So in your everyday life, in you experiencing life, feeling very much connected to everything, because that is oneness. Mm -hmm. How does that affect your relationships and your outlook on life, the things that you are able to do and not do? It does not affect because I don't feel guilty about anything. 
I am me. I love myself. I love everybody. Everybody is my extension. Everything is my extension. And they have different characteristics and different lifestyles. I respect the way they live, their beliefs. And I respect mine. And I don't expect any, anyone to, ex to respect my beliefs. As long as I respect them. Then we are one, we are fine. Someone who does not respect them is part of me which is not yet healed. Oh. I just heal that part of me, then I don't see anybody disrespecting or judging or why I don't see evil. I don't it's a very beautiful life. That's right. very interesting. It makes me think of one of um, the conversations I've recently had. And uh, the guest said, um, when you find your truth, somebody else's truth does not offend you. Mm -mm. So you are okay and at peace really with yourself. Mm. This oneness, how do you believe more people can access it? Yeah. Because I find that, you know, a lot of the time we are in conflict because of this separation, because the separation usually causes us to judge, mm -hmm. you know, situations, to judge other people, to be uncomfortable with difference. Mm -hmm. So how has the oneness assisted you to not look at life in that way through the lens of separation, they, them, I? Oneness helped me a lot because of my calling um, from a religious background, no one was supporting me. Then I felt separate and I saw them as united. I was like um, envious. They were and they are still united. They do their things, you know, they support each other and I did not have support. So um, that's when I realized during the awareness of oneness, that's when I realized that oneness is like a rainbow, different colors. Mm -hmm. We call it a rainbow, but when the rainbow is separate, we call it yellow color, green color, you know, all those colors. But when they come together, we call it a rainbow. You know, that is what human, a human being or mankind Mankind, then there are persons, mm -hmm. people, individuals, you see? So when they come together within you, then you are the embodiment of the rainbow. You are the rainbow. So I don't see or feel offended or feel excluded when those who flock together do their things there. Because is that color which which ha, which have many colors? Let's say a purple color which have black, red, green, all of them together. They are enjoying their brightness. They are enjoying their color. Mm. And I'm just this black color, which in the beginning I was calling myself a black sheep, but now I'm no longer that black sheep. I'm this foundation this this black color which just have this love this love which just which which just happened on my chest like butterflies expanding and it was so beautiful when when i had that upgrading you know for me to understand 
that we are one in their celebrations. I'm there mm. because they will call and say, I had a dream about you. You came here. You said this. I said, I am all over. I am everywhere. You know, I am in your dreams in South Africa. I'm in your dreams in America. I mean, everywhere in the world, I am there. Because you are me, I am you. You see. That requires, um, I would imagine, a lot of working on oneself. I feel like when one has not worked on themselves from a spiritual perspective, particularly, we easily get offended. And there are things called triggers now. Mm, mm, mm. We get triggered. Mm. We are uncomfortable with other people's way of doing things, mm. you know, and sometimes we even limit ourselves. So this personality, this persona that we have developed mm. also works against us mm -hmm. in a sense that um, we tend to feel unworthy. You know, we are, we are not fulfilling our purpose. Um, some people procrastinate. They don't do things that they wish they could do. Either they feel they do not have the capacity. Mm. They don't feel that they can. Now, when one looks at that, some people can easily call that the ego. Mm -hmm. um, the dissolving of the ego, mm. I'm guessing, is very important in, in order for one to feel that sense of oneness and move away from the separation because it is the separation that makes us think that we are either better than the other person or, you know, what you do to other people, you are doing to other people, not realizing that from a, from a collective consciousness perspective, we are busy collecting karma, mm. right? How do you find that the ego has influenced your life through your spiritual journey and um, maturing? The ego is my teacher. It helped me to gather all the information and necessary material so that I can learn about oneness and uh, the light. Because I believe the more ego you have accumulated, the more karma you have accumulated and uh, managed to transform, the more spiritually enlightened you become. People with less ego, they are already there in the light. You see? So, this ego helps to expand the light because it fight, it fight, it's, it's, it's the brain. The ego is the brain, you know. It questions, it fight, it reasons, it discriminate, it, you know. And then the spirit also is there fighting, trying to make the ego understand that things are done like this. So much that one day the ego just say, okay, do it, let's see, mm -hmm. you know. Then the spirit starts taking over and doing it and doing it and doing it. And the ego is there also. Like, how come some things, things I don't know? Like if someone will say, okay, go, go, 
I hear you. Uh, I will follow uh, your instruction. I will be like, what do you mean? No, last night you said, it's not me. It's my soul. Mm. It's my blueprint. That's what was there. You know, so now the mind will be, how come I don't know? Mm. You see, that's where, as long as the, the spirit keep on doing and doing and doing and doing, the ego will end up understanding that, oh, either I cooperate with this blueprint or otherwise I'll be left behind. Mm. You see, then when the ego starts operating with the, the, the soul together, you know, that's when these things are not only done in dreams, even in real life, in, in the awakened state, they happen for the ego to understand the life of the spirit. That is how I end up teaching about it because the ego have experienced it mm. also. It's no, no longer a matter of the soul, you know whereby you sleep, you dream, you forgot. Why did you forget? But you know that this thing was very important. It was not important for the ego. Okay. Once the, the ego slowed down and allow the soul to take over, that's when the ego will know what is really happening because the ego is just a vessel. The ego need to understand that. It is just a vessel which needs to be taken care of so that it don't age very fast. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't die quickly because we need it as the soul to be there to carry this blueprint and to represent God. So is the ego the personality? What What is the ego? The ego is the what have to do with part of the soul which we can label a spirit, you know, there is a soul which is your blueprint. There is a soul which is of earth, which works with, with um, the body and the brain. You see, so because it feel entitlement that this is my body, then other others the the soul is like a visitor. You see, so. I started understanding it when I arrived to whereby I had to change my names. In the beginning, I wanted to change my names out of frustration. Mm. It did not happen. But through my ascensions, I arrived to whereby I was given new names. And my, my soul, my blueprint came back because it was my blueprint was not with me. Through the sufferings, the traumas, you know, all these things, it, it left. So when it returned, it returned so, so, so pure and perfect because I have prepared the ego using the spirit. That's where you will understand why will a person, a witch, kill a person and rise them again and zombify them. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is that game. You see, that's where you will understand that ego and spirit are for this earth. The soul, the blueprint God, sorry, <laughs> the God is from the heavens, which is part of you. But when you are not in oneness, 
God leaves you your blueprint. Your blueprint will only come when you have prepared your earth. What does that preparation mean? Meaning that you need to return to the awareness that we are one. And that means love. It's not something that you tell yourself that I want to love. No, it happens. It's not something that you sit down and plan and say, now I want to, I have to start loving. Mm -mm, It don't happen. Through the shadow work, you arrive to love. Tell me about that shadow work. So the shadow work is whereby you don't blame anyone anymore. Everything is you. Why do you attract this type of people? Because you are the same. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. (laughs) It's like that. They are your people. (laughs) If you don't like it, change it. Don't say them, they must change. You must change. You see, and you don't don't just wake up and say, I'm changing. Ah, I've seen people coming to initiation and living unchanged. Unchanged. They don't want to change. They say it's a witch. They have (laughs) three (laughs) to. They say a witch is responsible for their failure. You see, it's not easy. So the shadow work, um, it's a very painful process. It's very painful because you have to leave even that mermaid which was giving you money. You have to say goodbye to the mermaid and it's very painful. You have to say goodbye to those ancestors which you used to blame that they are giving you ancestral illness. Mm. You have to say goodbye to them because it's not them. Everything is within the DNA of the blood and the soul. Mm. So when we talk about shadow work, because I find that when one really starts doing the shadow work and one starts looking within for, for answers, really looking at your own behavior and how how you respond to life, you know, influences everything around us, the things that we need Mm. from other people or that we believe we need, you know, people must make me feel this way um, or that way, that sense of entitlement. Mm. I mean, we see how families have been disintegrated. We see how politicians are just so corrupt and taking you know what doesn't really belong to them because they can we see just how malicious the world is mm. right so if one were to do their own shadow work in fact if we were to all do our shadow work what do you think would come up for most people all of us. And and I know that we are all different. We are all here on our different paths, mm. you know, for, for different reasons, I guess. But I'd like to believe that knowing God and realizing that sense of oneness mm. is is very important. Mm. But there's all these things that we come with, that we have experienced, that we continue to experience. Mm. Um, some people resort to alcohol, um, you know, when they are depressed. Some people, it's relationships, uh, sexual misconduct, mm. just lack of morality. 
really. So yeah, if if we were to all get to a place where we realize that oneness, what are some of the things in your experience um that have come up a lot for other people? So things that people experience that they have let go of and their lives look better. Mm. Things that they have let go of and their life is better. Hatred, anger, anger. You know, people are very angry. They are angry at ESCOM for load shedding. That is a very serious anger because it creates demons. You see? So everything that you want do out of anger, it creates entities attachments to it and they breed and breed and breed and breed so how many types of anger does one have or how many people is one person angry at anger judgment these two things because even in the astral plane when i was doing the work i was shown incidents which happened when i was still you know, incidents that I regard them as nothing. Hmm. It's nothing really. Like when they show me now, it's time for you to work on this. I'm like, ah, this one is that's earthly things. It's nothing. They said, listen, this person is going to die. They won't cross here because you are here waiting for them with a book of judgment. This is a very serious judgment. See how suffering this person is now is because of this judgment. You judge them. You were angry. You judge them, then you put it behind you, you know, at the back of your mind. So now, when we say oneness, we, 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 we simply saying we are working with the unconsciousness, not things of the conscious, because things of the conscious, you can say, I, I forgive you. You can be aware of them and we can sit down and discuss. There are things that happened that we for, we wanted to forget about those things that when the ego dissolve forever, when someone pass away, the ego dissolves, they are there. Hmm. And you, as the dead person, you are the one who's left with them. You see? Then you don't go. You have to fulfill them because it's a judgment against someone who's still alive. You wait for them. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> that sounds hectic. Yes, you wait for them. You have to, you can't cross the astral plane before you sort out your issues you can't so this initiation of oneness is about working what we call umkati or the astral plane because that's where every game happens everything that we say is registered there by not by god by the universe everybody have got their house or their Fountain, because it's the, the, it's the sea of consciousness. You have your own fountain or a well or a river whereby this is the river of Gogos Klasha here. This is where I rule. This is, these are my sins and these are the sins of people who sinned against me. You know, that's where you realize that you are God. If you don't fix it, <laughs> there is no way that you can't fix because it's there. It's no longer in the unconsciousness. You are aware of it. Sure. So, yeah, this sounds very difficult, hey? Okay? 
it needs initiation. So how do we then go throughout life? I mean, we are human, we have experiences, we have feelings, um, we have thoughts. Sometimes you might feel that, okay, maybe you are doing some spiritual work and you might feel, okay, I'm not going to, or at least you try to not judge a person or to not be ugly to them, you know, um, but you are not necessarily in agreement with their behavior. Is there a judgment? There is love, there is judgment in the kingdom of divinity. We love, we judge. There is divine love, there is tough love. You know, so when I apply tough love, it's like a judgment to someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's love because you don't spoil people rotten. It's, it's a sin. You see? Even the Bible say that. Don't spare the rod. So, I, I like that you bring that up because when one is going through their spiritual journey, you just feel like you need to be in bliss, you need to be accepting, you need to no. be, you know. And, and one of my other teachers said to me, you know, Jesus could be harsh. At times, when he had to give a, a lesson or when people were acting in in a particular way, he, he could put his foot down. Mm -hmm. So because of religion, because of this movement where, you know, people are trying to do the right thing, people are trying to live properly, we feel like we just need to be okay with everything, all accepting, mm -hmm. and how does that work? That's the reason why I was against uh, Christianity. They say that when someone beat you, slap you, you must give them another side. I was so against it when I was still a sangom, you know. But now I understand. If if someone uh, hit me, I can give him another side to hit me more, you know. It is what it is, you know. If I am in that, um, what, um, phase of acceptance, but if someone come and beat me and I'm not in that phase of acceptance, I will kill them instantly and do some repentance on it. I don't know mm. how many kings in Israel killed people, masses, and they became famous loved kings ordained by God it depends on where you are you don't disagree with the condition when you are in a condition it is what it is at that moment we live in the now now how don't tell yourself that I want to that is you are creating karma I want to love that person no if you don't love them now you don't love them. If you don't want to greet them now, you don't want to greet them. Come tomorrow, then if you regret, then you regret. You know, we are dancing between the light and the darkness. Dance. Yin, yen. So balanced. So much that I don't arrive home and start saying, I feel small. I feel like people don't hear me or I don't know. Then you are doing injustice to yourself. That is karma. Mm. 
live in the now. If I want to say funny things now, it is the time to say funny <laughs> things now. If it's time to be serious, it's time to be serious. If it's time to to smile, it is time to cry, cry. Call you names, I call you names. It's fine. If I arrive to to tomorrow and I regret, do I know how to amend? Do I know? Do I have the key to amend? If you don't have a key to amend, you sit with depression. I shouldn't have done it. I don't. It is what it is. That's how we end up accepting worse criminals, loving them because they are what they are. You see. But if you want to live for tomorrow or to yesterday, <laughs> then you are in, in jail, spiritual jail. Life is all about rectifying. We just rectify. We live, enjoy life to the fullest. Rectify where, where we, we think is necessary. Mm. Mm. Sure, that's interesting. Um, religion. You mm. spoke about religion and why religion or how religion was a foundation uh, for you. Now, we've, we see how religion has been used to separate people. Mm. How is religion a good thing when it teaches people to discriminate against each other so much? Just like ego. <laughs> ego is a very good thing. Religion is a very good thing. Ancestral worship is a very good thing. You know, evil is a very good thing. Everything is good. Everything. You know, as long as we look at it as being a teacher. You know, religion is a teacher because it's, it's like a human being who, who knows everything, but they don't want to share. Religion is like that. Because they say everything is there, but they don't share. It's there, you read from A to Z, you don't understand, you see? Mm. So religion is initiation, you know, it's the foundation of ascension. Because at the end of the day, you will know it was written by a person who did not want people to understand it, you know, just, just playing games, mind games with, with humanity, you see? So when you have done it and you are satisfied, and in my case, I just want to bend the Bible, then I do my things. That's when I realized, okay, we are one with this religion. I'm the one who created it. You see? So there is nothing wrong with it. It's just like witchcraft. What's wrong with it? Mm. If it wasn't there, how, how was I going to be powerful? I'm powerful because of witchcraft, of witches who have been tormenting me, you know. Mm. So I'm powerful because of, of religion. So just talking about the role of ancestors and the bloodline, the, mm. the lineage, mm. and um, some of the hang-ups that often cause us to not experience that oneness. Mm. How does one heal those type of things? Because, I mean, some traits, some behaviors, we find them in our families. We grew, we grow up with them, mm. you know. Um, and then when you're grown, you get to learn about ancestors. Okay. 
you know, but some people died having some of these characteristics that are not necessarily um, encouraging oneness. Mm. How does one work through that um, with the lineage? With the lineage, we work uh, through that, through the initiations of Ubunguama and Ubunyanga, uh, Prophetia. That's how we heal them. Then uh, if it doesn't work, and then you go into oneness and do the initiations of oneness because in my case, it did not work. Like I told you that it was, it was like I've never been initiated. The, the nightmares, you know. So, God does not interfere in matters of the bloodline and, uh, what we have created, M. Katini, have got nothing to do with him. If we want to, to come to him, we need to fix Umkati. And fixing Umkati is not, uh, about me fixing it alone as an individual. I'm fixing it as the whole clan. You know, me carrying the whole clan fixing because it's my blood. When I finished uh, doing that, then the voice of God said, now it is your time. Mm. I was like, all along I thought I was doing for me. No, you were sweeping the astral plane. Now it's clean, spank. I saw ancestors, all of them, women, they were nursing their newborns, mm. you know, by the river, you know, by the banks of the rivers. They were nursing their newborns. Everywhere a child was crying. I thought, oh, wow, what an accomplishment. He said to me, now it is your turn. Hi, Bo. My turn, yes. You've healed your bloodline now. It's time to represent me on earth. That's when he gave me a new name. You see. So matters of the bloodline are there because they need our attention and healing. If we don't want to heal them thoroughly, then we must know that we are living in Mkatini. What is Mkatini? In the astral plane. Okay. Mm. In the astral plane, where our mistakes are. Mm. Mm. And what would you say are the practical tools you can recommend for a person who wants to be connected with this oneness, who wants to feel the oneness? Because it, it it's also very difficult to be in constant conflict, you know, with the world, how it functions, with other people. Mm. It's exhausting, mm -hmm. you know, and it causes suffering. Mm. So how does one get to what practical tools can you recommend for someone who wants to work on themselves in, in, in that way? The first step, they have to be the hermit. They have to be in isolation. There's no way that you can do a oneness, whereas you're still mingling with the collective, you know, like physically. One need to go into isolation, in deep meditation, and also set their own ground rules, their own, in everything. Life, everything in life, you know, not only spiritually, everything. How do they want to live their life from now going forward? You know, and they need to understand that what they're doing is not out of spite or anger. 
if he's still out of spite and anger, he's still creating another karma, you know, then it would be a vicious cycle of suffering in isolation and depression and, I don't know, maybe madness and even killing yourself. <laughs> you see, it's because it's not easy to be in isolation. Mm. You need to know why are you starting the journey of isolation and what are your intentions they have to be clear to yourself and you need to understand them yourself you know and even if you wake up on the wrong side you cannot say no i'm changing my mind i i want now to start mingling you'll run crazy you know because the energies of people you know one can only start mingling with people when they have balanced the energies mm. Mm. sure and so when a person comes to you um, for a consultation mm. I know that you've said before that sometimes people want answers mm. predictions about the future mm. when a person comes to you for a consultation what are some of the things that you try and encourage people to do in terms of getting to know themselves and understanding their spiritual journey? To forgive. They have to forgive. People need to forgive. You know, people come to me with their own stories and um, uh, conclusions and um, they want me to confirm what they have concluded. You know, so coming to me for consultation really is like coming to me for counseling. Yeah, because I'm not going to give you the answers that you thought you were looking for. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to give you answers that you will see that. Oh, and you are right. This makes sense. Mm. You see. So I don't do this thing of reading and say, I'm not going to say you must vuma. You are going to tell me a story and then I'm just going to be listening and, you know, going deep into the spirit to see that what you are saying is true or is not. Mm. Then, then I'll give you what is the truth, you know. So, and then I'm struggling with people. That's why I don't like consultations. Mm. Uh, people who want to consult with me, in fact, they I think they are already advanced spiritually because they will get automatic response and they will just send money. People mm. who don't want to consult with me, who think they want to consult with me, they will keep on asking me questions. And I don't answer them mm. because I know someone who just persists that they want to see me, they put money, they want to see me, they come. I know that we are going to work nicely together, mm. you know, but someone who will be ans asking me questions. Hey, so no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Because <laughs> we, we, we also go through different phases in our spiritual growth, right? Mm. Mm. So the stages are different. The stages for, for are different. Everyone. Yeah, I can see my own. Now, for now, I'm looking for my children, my fallen angels. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for everybody, you know. Mm. So it's not about numbers. It's about are they authentically mine, mm. you know, the students or this uh, clients or, you know, patients. 
So if it's not my patient, what am I doing with them? Because they still have to go to Dom Dom and do, you know, great R and, you know, do the other things, processes of healing. Then when they are ready, I'll be there. Okay. Mm. If there was one thing mm. you were to share with the world, what would that be? Oh, like share as in what? Share like what money? You want me to share anything, money? Anything. Anything. <laughs> or you want me to share a message? A message. To the world. Okay. Uh, some ancestor uh, years back, I think two years back, said to me that the world is not ready for my message. I said to the ancestor that they are ready. mm they will be ready. Whether they like it or not, I'll spread this message, you know, because this is the only life I know, you know. So my message is that they should heal their ancestors to the level whereby if they don't want to ascend, they must pray for them to come back to live again and find this message that I'm spreading because in the in the astral plane they know my message and I have created Iana Temple there in the astral plane for them and I always tell them if you don't want to cross over this ocean to the other side you better make a U-turn and go and be born again and I have opened wombs for women who are barren to receive those ancestors back it is not necessarily that one need to be go and be born in their bloodline. They can be born everywhere in the mm. world. You know, they must make it fast too, because <laughs> now I'm still here. I want to be their mother, you know. <laughs> and they were there when I was being ordained as a, my name is Nyambezi, you know. I'm no longer Mologadi which is my clan priest names, ancestrally in the astral plane. All ancestors, they praise me as Nyambezi. They are the ones who were ordaining me, those ancestors, all of them, of this earth. Mm. So everybody must pray for the ancestors to come back and be born again and find this message. And this message is not only for them, it's also for me. In case if I for, I lose my way around the cosmos, I can always come back and find this message for me, mm -hmm. you know. Thank you so much, King Ra. Thank you very much for your time, um, for sharing your experiences with us and, you know, with our listeners. I really do hope that people hit the call, um, and that is the call of returning to oneness and learning separation because it causes so much pain um by judging others by looking at others you know as the other um we often discriminate a lot uh, by by doing that so i really hope that this conversation with you will touch the the souls that it it needed to touch thank you very much thank you for inviting me
Thank you for sharing your time with us today. I truly hope you learned something new, felt something, and were inspired to cultivate a more conscious life. I'd love to connect with you, hear your thoughts and stories. Please feel free to reach out. Our contact details can be found on monzm.co.za. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.